This is this is it's the most important part of cooking steak for everyone out there. Alright, just so that everybody knows. Cook your steak for five minutes. It's like three to four minutes on one side, 60 seconds on the other side. And then walk away for 10 minutes. Oh. Let the steak rest. sit. Let it rest. It makes the perfect steak. It sucks the juices back in and lets oh. it stay nice and tender. And I was like, I actually enjoy helping other people. So now I was like, oh, I'll set up some, th like some things and I'll see who's actually interested. And you don't really notice the motivation and inspiration that you show to people in your circle. So you have friends that have never lifted weights before or never actually done a workout with someone telling them what to do. They've only done group sports or things like that. And they start to achieve things and you're like, oh, I'm helping them. They like they get something out of it, you get something out of it. There's a million different types of seasoning that you can use. There's extra carnivore is Even just and, butter, and salt products. and pepper is so exactly. good. Exactly, so you can use butter. You can use like a little bit of mayo. I use a lot, I love that Japanese mayo. It's, oh, it's just mayo, too good. Bro. That's gonna be the thing that kills me. <laughs> Let's get uh, back in. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome back to the Big Flex 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 Carnivore Edition. Welcome back to the Big Flex Carnivore Edition. So boys, what issues are we flexing on today? Firstly, before we start flexing on issues, let's introduce um, Jared to the team here. Uh, this is Jared Fry, one of our buddies. That's me. That's him. And, uh, and we've all had a good bout of doing the carnivore diet for different periods of time. Adrian probably the most. Uh, and we're going to just talk about what we found, how we thought it went, um, what we experienced. Guys, this is completely anecdotal, so we're not referencing journal articles here. We're just talking about our experiences on the diet. And if you want to give it a go, give it a go. We accept no responsibility for you going to the bathroom in your pants, which might happen. It's very possible, yeah. Yeah, that, that is very possible. Those first two weeks are pretty rough. Yeah, so we're not, we're not suggesting anyone should go out and, and give it a go. If you want to give it a go, I highly recommend getting your bloods done first just to make sure that you're currently healthy, and then a month or two in getting your bloods done again just to make sure it's right for you. Because for some people, it's just, it's like any diet. Some things work, some things don't. Yeah, and at least giving it that month or two to actually see the results while you're trying it. Yeah. Yes, so you got it. A week and going, I didn't lose any weight. Exactly, yeah. It, yeah. Takes, it takes the body time to adapt to anything. Yep. Um, and the diet is, uh, or, you know, your eating habits are, are no um, exception, really. It's all, it takes time, guys. It takes time. It does. It does take time. It takes a long time. I set myself a goal of losing with the carnivore diet. I used it initially as a, a weight loss thing. Also because just my body hurts. And I've read a lot of anecdotal stuff online about people saying that they had inflammation issues and that the carnivore diet helped with that a lot. Um, I gave myself an allowance of a year to lose 10 kilos. Like a really long time for it. And it was just a slow burn. It's not one of those fat things where you lose six kilos in a couple of weeks and then put it all back on. It's, it's a slow burn. Like it should be with anything as well. Right. And we, and we might talk a little bit about some of the process of why you might drop a little bit of weight quickly um, when you do switch over to a ketogenic diet or like a carnivore type diet where you're yep. limiting your carbohydrates. Um, but we can get into that in a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, first impressions of the carnivore diet. Do you do it for a certain reason, Jared? Uh, no, for me, it was just I saw it and I liked it. I, I try a lot of different things, diet, training, all that sort of stuff I'm happy to do. Uh, anything and when I saw some results that some people were getting both health benefits and just appearance I thought why not why not have a go um, and yeah for me it worked really well really well and uh, yeah so it worked well for you appearance wise or how you felt both both was um, like we're saying you got to give this at least two weeks just to get over the initial going into the carnival because you do have slight things where you're not getting energy levels right you go into training, you try and do the exact same thing that you're doing prior and you just don't really have the energy level. 
You know, they oh. should, I think we should give it a name. The Terrible Twos. You know, like when... Like the title the Terrible Twos. The first two weeks. Yeah, the first two weeks. The first two weeks are dangerous. The first two weeks are rough. Yeah. Um, for a few reasons. One being, uh, like you said, energy levels. The other being, um, which we're going to dive into in a little bit, is basically bowel movements. Bowel movements. Yeah. <laughs> bowel movements. And to. and again, I'm not sure of the exact science behind it. I've heard a few different reasons, but I think one is because you're eating just meat, um, basically just meat. You might take some animal products like butter in or whatever, but uh, there's no carbohydrate for the water to to cling to. So for the first two weeks, your body is just flushing that water through, yeah. and it's dangerous. Like you can't. Yeah. You know, uh, you can't squeak out a, a, a sneaky fart if you're under the squat rack <laughs> because you very well might lose control and go to the bathroom oh, right there. Really, it's pretty rough to say the very least. It's, yeah. it's, it's not the most fun, but getting past that two weeks, 100% as regular as I've ever been. Oh, yeah. So after the first, after two weeks, the first two weeks, was fine. It's just as it's always been. And like most guys in their 20s, 30s, 40s, I heard about this in the Joe Rogan podcast. So he was talking about how he was having these violent bowel movements for the first two weeks. I'm like, yeah. how bad can it be? Because I had yeah. done seven months straight of ketogenic diet, a keto diet before. And that's pretty similar, Which is right? what's, is, I would say it's more or less the same, except it's not just meat. Like you're having fats from, um, from eggs, avocados, a lot of, you can use oil. It doesn't have to be butter. Like it doesn't have to be an animal product, mm. but it's still very, very high fat. Um, you can use like, you know, coconut oil and all sorts of stuff like that. And I was like, I did that for seven months and, you know, my bathroom breaks were normal. Like there was no issues. I'm like, I think he's probably overplaying this a little bit. And uh, I was completely wrong. Yeah, the first two weeks were dangerous. And I was I had to be really careful when I was training. It was quite funny. I remember a couple of times actually sitting here in the office and just in between a set, you're like, oh, don't think I'm going to make it <laughs> running to the bathroom. That's funny. That's funny because... Because I know the pain. Yeah. I know it. Mm-hmm. I know it. At least, at least you were close by to a bathroom while going through this. I was on a golf course where there was only two <laughs> areas I could go to the bathroom. So Wait, there was you, you're in a golf course. You got nature. You got open fields and trees and shrubbery, you know. <laughs> and golfers. That's right, and golfers. I'm sure they wouldn't mind. Well, I put and it like, in a shot. How many holes are there as well? <laughs> you oh, no, too many. <laughs> when that's coming out, there's too many. Oh, my God. Um, what about, how did you find it in terms of, you know, how it affected your body appearance-wise, how it affected your performance in the gym? Oh, lots of lots of ups and downs, actually. Initially, the best thing that the, I'd say the... Yeah, the best thing that I noticed about it is my energy levels. Energy levels were just constant because I train quite a bit. And when I started it, I was working a fairly physical job and I was training seven days a week. And instead of having to eat or have something before I trained every time, uh, I started off in the beginning. It was, I'll call it carnival like. I still had a shake before I trained because I was training early afternoon. Um, and I didn't want to have like meat right before I trained. And then even after I stopped that and I went full carnival, just I had energy from when I wake up to when I go to sleep. And I can sleep better as well. From when I wake up to when I go to sleep, there weren't ups, there weren't downs, I wasn't relying on food or how much food or whatever. It's just constant all day. If I'm pushing myself through a hard session, the only thing I really struggled with was really intense sessions like like the gymnastic stuff, which is really explosive and you have to be switched on for some like finer tuned movements where it's not just grinding out squats or something like that. For that sort of stuff, you really have to pay attention. I found it a little harder. Um, but with training, it was it was great. I haven't noticed any real difference. I'm stronger than I've ever been before, and I'm 10 kilos lighter than I was, and as strong as I was then. So that's a huge bonus. Um, but a couple of things just, I think, affected me more personally. It was I lost a whole bunch of weight and a whole bunch of body fat, and I got really lean, and then my body fat dipped a little too low in the beginning after about six, seven months. 
I was trying to get the the percentages of fat right. You have to have enough fat in your diet for carnivore. And if you don't have enough, you lose body fat really quickly. And I was losing body fat faster than I was just losing mass. And I was trying to lose mass total. My body fat got down a little too low. And then I got sick and I got the flu. Worst I've ever had in my life. And because my body fat was so low, it took a lot to recover from. So I had about a three-month turnaround from getting the flu. Got the flu in the first month sucked. It took two months. I got a cold every second week after that before I recovered properly. And at three months, I only put on like 1% body fat. I was trying really hard to. Um, then after that, once I got it right, I adjusted my calories and everything and sorted it out a little more. And um, yeah, since then, it's it's been great. Um, having no trouble at all, actually, trying to stay bang at 75, which is where we want to be. I want to be anyways for the squat challenge. If I go up a kilo or go down a kilo, it's really, really easy to regulate how much I'm eating and it's really, really easy to regulate my weight. So I've been able to go up and down and just kind of hang around that 75, regardless if I go out and have a big blowout weekend or if like over the COVID break, especially, I put on two kilos and then going back into carnivore, it was two weeks and I was right back on. Like it's really, really easy to adjust and maintain my weight. So that I've noticed more than any other period of my life, like trying to put on weight for bodybuilding or lose weight for something else. This is, it's just so much easier with carnival. Nice. Now, duration wise, how long have you been doing carnival for? Since January last year. Okay. So almost a, like a year and a half. Yeah. Pretty yeah. Much. So Adrian's been doing it for the longest. I did a 30 day trial. How long did you go Sorry, for? A 30 day trial. Months. And the 30-day trial that I did, and I'll go through some of what I, what I found, was um, the main reason I jumped on board, because I heard about it, I'm like, oh, you know, I don't know if I want to just commit to eating just meat for like the whole month or like ongoing. Um, and my dad was having some issues where his, uh, his joints were just like exploding. So um, he was getting this weird sort of chain arthritic reaction, um, and he went to a bunch of different doctors, because he went from being completely normal and healthy to barely being able to walk, you know, shuffling around. It would bounce from one ankle to the other, to the knee, to the ankle, to the knee, to the other ankle. It was just was a, a mess. A good time. And so finally the doctor said, it looks like it could just be some sort of like, um, I don't know what the right word is, some sort of autoimmune dis uh, disorder, and it could yeah. be nutrition based. So, because nothing else had changed really. Um, and so it's like, all right, well, if that's the case, let's go on an elimination diet, which carnivore diet is. Exactly. We're going to cut. That's what a lot of people don't actually realize that the carnivore is strictly. So people do it and then stay on it, but it's supposed to be a three month turnaround elimination diet yep. where the first month you start to cut everything but meat and animal products. Then you start to cut out all the stuff like yogurts, milks, dairy, cheese, all that sort of stuff. And then by the end of the third month, you're supposed to only be having meat and water and once a day and that's it. It's a total elimination. And then over the next coming months, you introduce everything back in. It's not supposed to be a permanent, but people started doing it for autoimmune disorders and things like that. And it's if you, if you read online, there's lots of anecdotal stuff online, but that's the main thing that right. people are doing it for. And so I decided, well, if you know he's going to struggle to stay strict on that diet, I'll do it as well. Give me an excuse to have a crack at it. Um, and and support him while he's doing it. So we both did it for for a month, and he did struggle just because there was no variety. And and the problem with him was similar to you. He actually dropped probably a bit too much weight during that month because he didn't like eating just the meat over and over again. He mm -hmm. wasn't eating probably enough as what uh, as much as what he should have been. Yeah. Um, but it did help a lot with the inflammation. I did notice that because I was training him for a little while during that period, and that he was doing the best around then. He was doing really well. Um, but the problem for him was just, you know, mentally it probably wasn't a maintainable eating style for him. Like he did yeah. not enjoy just eating it. And also being a bit older, um, he didn't experience the same bathroom issues that we had. Oh, okay. he, he was the opposite. He ended up um, getting bit backed up over the, over the, the course yeah, of the month right, and then man. quite 
you know, severely afterwards when he started to try to bring other foods back in. So different people definitely react to it differently. Um, What did I find? I thought it was really good. In the month, I think I dropped three or four kilos, all right? Um, And my energy was the same. After the first two weeks of like, you know, running to the bathroom, then that settled down, good. And then my energy is really constant. And for the people listening, wondering why does it affect your energy? How does it affect um, your weight? Uh, I guess the main reason why it would affect your energy is because when you have carbohydrates, um, they basically go into your bloodstream as blood sugars, Mm -hmm. and then you get the spike in energy. And of course, if you're not using all that energy, um, then your pancreas releases insulin, which pulls it back out. So you get these highs and lows of uh, of energy um, when you're eating carbohydrates, and especially sugars and like simple simple carbs and simple sugars, right? Um, So you get a lot more constant level of energy, all right? The other issue, uh, issue, the other reason why you might lose weight quickly is because for every gram of carbohydrate that you uh, eat or that gets metabolized in you or that gets absorbed into you, then basically can uh, hold onto another three, maybe even four grams of water weight to it. So carbohydrate, like the carbohydrate, they, they get hydrated by, by water, right? So, um, so when you stop eating carbohydrates and your body glycogen depletes, that's how your carbohydrates are stored in your body in, yep. in, in glycogen and muscle glycogen, blood glycogen, um, and it's also stored in your liver. As those levels deplete, what happens is you get rid of a lot of this extra water weight and water bloat you might hear um, yeah. pretty regularly. Yeah. Um, and so you might find that you dropped two kilos in the first week. Oh, I dropped two kilos. And then you gotta tell people, hey, hey, you didn't drop two kilos of fat. What happened was yeah. that you've depleted 500 grams or a couple hundred grams of glycogen and then all that water weight associated with it has also left your system. It and they're like, ah, like it doesn't keep happening. Yeah. You will you probably get an initial drop and then it will be more of a consistent, um, slower drop after that. Yeah. Yeah, that. That depends on calorie, seeing calories out too, how much you're dropping. Yeah. Yeah. With that as well, the initial bloating, for the look of it, <laughs> as soon as that bloating goes, you're like, it's working because you're like, I haven't been this flat in however long. Mm-hmm. That's because obviously you're eating things that do give you that pot belly almost look. And then you go to having something that doesn't give you that reaction. And you're like, have I dropped weight? It's like, not really. You just aren't bloated. Yeah. And I found that was like the first time I looked at it, I was like, this is working. <laughs> yeah. You, but, look, you look better without making too much of an actual yeah. huge change to your body composition. And... Um, yeah, that's that's something that I noticed. I've I've gotten lean before in the past, just trying to eat normally like a, a bodybuilder would, or just trying to like clean up my eating and eat as well as I can. I've counted calories and um, I've worked really strictly with calories and exactly what I'm eating and stuff before, but I've never been as not even close, like as lean as I am. And you gonna stand up and show the people or what? can confirm stand up and show the people. Doing that? I mean, show the people. I've got a million photos. We can show the people. <laughs> Stand up and show the people. Just take my shirt all yeah. the way up. Well, just do it. Yeah, you better look good. Oh, I do look good. This is a common appearance. Ah! Um, anyway, so that's, uh... <laughs> that's the one. That's the one. Well, that was it. But uh, yeah, like as as lean as I am, and to have it as maintainable as well. Like I've been at. So you maintainable. This for is me, where we got it. Like it's exactly. not maintainable for, me, for everyone. Not for right? everyone. Right. I found it really easy. Um, what was my body fat? Before COVID, it was about five to seven ish percent. Yeah, not including um, visceral fat, fat. To give or take. Yeah, and then absolutely. after COVID, it was eight. And then that's because I wasn't eating carnival pretty much at all. I just went normal again. And then since coming back the other day, we measured it and it was about six or so. And so I was able to just pull it back in. I think two weeks I've been and, and properly back in carnival. These are from seven site pinch, uh, seven site skin folds. So um, obviously. 
the more sites you do, the more accurate you get. And again, you go to a DEX, you get more accurate again. But in terms of being accurate to the measurements we've taken, we've taken three or four measurements from the same seven locations every time. And I've taken them and I measure them out and mark them, right? So we know we get the same spot. So it's definitely accurate to to us. Yeah, exactly. Or as accurate as we can get with the equipment that we've got. Um, So yeah, it's, it's, it's not like I have to really push. I've just been able to stay at like five to 8% body fat for the last year straight. And it's kind of blowing my mind because I used to think that I knew a little bit about nutrition. I'd give people nutritional advice and and this just, do, it doesn't make sense. All I'm eating is meat. Like think about everything that you've n- learned and know about nutrition. We have to eat a good wholesome diet so you get all of the nutrients. It doesn't matter. It's all fake. It's all bullshit. It doesn't matter, right? All I eat is meat. It's the best. I actually, I love it as well. Nothing better than a Scotch fillet steak for dinner. I stay as lean as I want. Be as strong almost as I want. I wish I would be as strong as I want. But um, it's it's blowing my mind. I don't really understand how I've tried so many different things over the years. And I've tried to be as as meticulous as I could. And just all I'm doing is eating meat. And I must say that when I come into the office on some mornings and he's just chowing down on like a giant bacon and eggs with like Japanese mayo, I'm like... It's so good. It's so good. Yeah. I'm really excited, actually, for what I got for lunch for today. Ooh, what have you got? Eight-hour slow-cooked rump steak. Uh, I got home last night, and Sarah, my partner, had been cooking, like, osabuco and some sauce, like meat sauce, and it was delicious. And so I took that out, and I put the steak in before I went to bed, and it's all I've been thinking about all day, and I can't wait to finish this podcast. I can go and eat it. Oh, nice. Very excited. My uh, my partner just got back from a month away, FIFO work, and uh, so I was like, I'm going to cook her a nice dinner. So I was like, oh, Dad, I'm busy at work. Can you pick me up a steak fillet? Because that's how I know how to cook really good in the oven. We'd do my pan sear, butter braise, and then mm-hmm. slow cook in the oven. And I get home and it's this giant log of scotch fillet. It's like three times. I was like, I don't know how to cook. Like, this is not... A... So I had to go get a steak fillet, cook to that. Now I've got... You didn't, like, the log of scotch fillet Mate, is so it good. It is, but, but, I'm not, but, I haven't, but I haven't had as much Ooh. experience on one to be a good dinner. That's so now I've got it at home to cook for myself scotch. for the next week and figure out how I like to do it the best. Roast yeah. scotch fillet, slow cook it for four hours. It'll be the best thing you do all week. I'll give it a whirl. Every day we're sending each other videos on how to... Like, I was using herbs and stuff. You were a little bit stricter than that, but we were sending each other, like, things to put on the steak, how to cook the steak, like, turn it this many times, have it done for this many times. It was seconds. beautiful. Like, Guga. That was a Guga. Yeah, it's actually, the YouTube yeah. channel, and he cooks all these different steaks in different different ways. It's amazing. Yes, and so yes. it's like you get to get the perfect inch and a half, and then, like, you got to get this amount of heat in, and then you sear it both sides, and then you start bottle broiling for one minute a side, two <laughs> rounds each, and then you go into the other. Oh, man, it's it next level. It's yeah. good. That's one thing that people say to me all the time like don't you get sick of it no no a buttery steak is really good if you cook a steak well it always tastes good you get like you get a template for the different cuts and thicknesses of the steak and with there's a million different types of seasoning that you can use there's extra carnivore even just butter salt and pepper is so good exactly so you can use butter you can use like a little bit of mayo I use a lot I love that Japanese mayo it's it's just too good that's going to be the thing that kills me but um, (laughs) sriracha sauce yeah, that I the sriracha mayo. The that's sriracha that's mayo. dangerous. I, I just couldn't stop myself. It's like crack. It's it's way too good. I had to cut that out. Um, but Not that you yeah, have any experience with, with yeah. crack, hopefully. <laughs> well, I, I imagine that. Yes, it's imagine it. Right? Like I was able to give up sriracha sauce, but I don't imagine if I started doing crack right. anyway. So, but <laughs> but the point is, yeah, that you can. There's a million different types of ways you can cook a bunch of different types of meats, and it's it doesn't it doesn't get boring in my opinion, anyway. So yeah. I'm still loving it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you find yourself in the kitchen multiple times a day but if you're cooking steak the way I, I assume everyone eats their steak because it's the only good way to have steak and that's medium rare it doesn't actually take that long you just heat up the pan five minutes choke steak on that's done within three minutes and you're eating it this so. is this is 
It's the most important part of cooking steak for everyone out there. All right, just so that everybody knows. Cook your steak for five minutes. It's like three to four minutes on one side, 60 seconds on the other side. And then walk away for 10 minutes. Oh. Let the steak rest. sit. Let it Absolutely. rest. It makes the perfect steak. It sucks the juices back in and lets oh, it stay nice and tender. So good, yeah. yeah. And also, a good cut of meat. you got to get some fresh... So I've started. you got to get fresh meat. You can't get this just just uh, a cookie cutter, like go get a bunch of stuff from... I don't want to like... Should I say names? No, no, no. They're like Coles and Walmart and stuff like that. It's, it's not as good. I've started... Um, one of my friends did it first and he suggested it to me. Dan DeGarren Organic Beef. It's uh, locally sourced meat and we will link in the description <laughs> oh, oh I'm never going back it's too good it tastes so damn good I can't believe it do you think if we get do you reckon if we get a thousand likes on this video he'll give us some free meat <laughs> maybe come on people shout out to Dan DeGarren like subscribe beef. comment every two weeks is I eat about five to six ish kilos of meat myself a week every two weeks I get about it's 10 kilos of meat it costs about $240 including delivery oh, that's good these guys deliver it straight to your door it's not frozen it's vac-packed, it goes in the fridge, and because it's not been handled and moved around so many times, it goes from them to you, you can stay in your fridge for two to three weeks, and I've had some stuff in there for three weeks, and it still tastes fresh. It's so good, and the sausages are the best by far. That's the only thing they tell you to have to eat in the first week, there's no preservatives, there's no anything bad in it, so once it's like the meat's aerated and all that sort of stuff, you have to eat that in the first couple of days, but everything else, it lasts for two to three weeks, and it tastes so much so much. There's no comparison. So much better than the stuff that you just get from the shops. Yeah. I'm never going back. Yeah, well, that's geez. a huge part. The quality of meat that you want to oh, eat on this diet. The quality of meat. It's a big and deal. And how you cook it. Yeah. Yes. So we're going to have to do some side videos here of cooking up different types of meat. We might have to get a bit, well, of, bit of food I porn. We might have to do a secondary. Do a secondary. Oh, we'll do like a steak fillet. We might do like a slow roast something and we'll do something else like a butter broil. Like we'll do three different types oh, of meats, cook three different ways. With an apron on, no shirt. Hey. Oh, yeah, all right. I'll be some three screen printed on some aprons. We'll and that won't something. be the first time that I've done that for someone either. Um, <laughs> We should do slow cooker. I use a slow cooker all the time. Yeah, yeah. So slow cooker ones, just normal steaks, all that sort of stuff. We should make some mock videos oh, as well. We've oh, yeah. not train yeah. in here when there's a slow cooker on though. No, 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 no. Oh, we've got to do one of our houses, mate. We'll do it in the house. We'll do it in the house. That'd be, that'd yeah. be awful. Can you oh. imagine? I wouldn't be able to last a day at work. It'd drive me insane. It'd be terrible. Yeah. Now, comparing um, the carnivore diet to other diets and what we worry about working in the fitness industry is you get a lot of fad diets coming in, right? Yeah. Where people all jump on board and you've seen that with carnivore. We've got a heap of like media attention, as everything does when Joe Rogan mentions it. Yeah, but like absolutely. you get a heap of attention and then it's like, well, is it actually good? Is it just a fad? Like, you know, are people just, is it all anecdotal? Is there any science behind it? Um, I personally think that this is one of the less fatty diets, right? In, in regards to like, let's say, juice fasting, like just yeah. eating, just, I only blend juices and I throw away the fiber, which is the, like, the healthy part anyway, <laughs> and, I, and I drink just pineapple juice for a week and I have ulcers in my mouth, but it, it detoxes my, my body. It's like, hey, you actually have this thing in your body called a liver that detoxes <laughs> things for you. I was just going to yeah. say that. Anyone who thinks that they can do a diet to detox themselves or if, like bodybuilders, I'll drink lemon juice and it will lower the ph if you lower the ph of your you'll die like that doesn't make sense your body does all of that for you you can't change these like these systems that are literally designed and have been hundreds of thousands of years if, if you could just change it with a couple of meals people would eat stuff and drop dead all the time yeah. right you can't you can't do that the detoxing thing is a myth 
you can slightly change and not put awful stuff in your body so that your body works better. But you can't. You, you've your got body detoxes it. itself. It's, it does. It's you got can't filters do that in process. it. Yeah, it's absolutely. got filters in it. Yeah. So it's, so, it's crazy when yeah. people say that. Um, I think that the benefits from this one are the elimination aspect, where you're getting rid of all the junk that you would normally be eating. And I think that's okay. That's also a reason why people might feel initially good when they do like all I drink is blended juice, uh, like blended fruit, because they they stopped eating. Candy and exactly. Big Macs, yeah. and that's why and I think deep those detox chips yeah. and nachos, or, you know, or the alcohol that they'll drink, all the, the booze, exactly. exactly. That's why I think those detox diets, people think that they work because they go from four-day benders every single weekend, drinking two to three drinks every night of the week, and getting hungry jacks on their way to work every morning to just not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. And so from the sugars and yeah, all that. Sort of oh stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think that um. So I think that that's why a lot of diets seem to work quite well and fad diets seem to work well initially. Um, I think the main issue, so what what would mean it's not a fad diet? It's sustainable and it actually has good benefits for you. Now, I'm, I'm on board the train that, yeah, it does have good benefits for you. Where I come 50-50 is, is kind of more sustainable. For someone like yourself, yes. For someone like myself, if I have a goal in mind, I can be very driven to do exactly what I need to do to achieve it. And if I want to stick on a diet for six months or a year, that's not a problem. For a lot of people, that's not the case. It's it's hard. It's probably not sustainable for some people. That being said, so I was on carnivore until the COVID thing happened and then lost the job, the gym closed and all that sort of thing. It's a little, it's a little more expensive, not by much, but a little more expensive to get some good quality meat. And so just for finance reasons, I stopped doing it and my partner and I just started eating normal-ish. So still having a lot of meat, but just other stuff like rice and potatoes and things like that as, as you usually do. And then I found doing that and going back to carnivore again after having all the good stuff, because we went, of course we went off the rails. We are stuck at home. Everyone did it. Ice cream and all sorts of, all sorts of good stuff. We were like making burgers and, and then going from just a normal diet of eating pretty much whatever I wanted back to carnivore. The first like three, four weeks. I've only really been on carnivore for the last two weeks strict again. The first couple of weeks was like a day or two and then I just wanted a burger or a day or two and then just sitting in bed at night thinking about eating sugar. Like I, I just candy. I like candy. You know gobstoppers, those little ones? You remember as a kid? I like yeah. the tiny little ones. I love those. It's oh so like stuff like that, right? <laughs> Once you get all the sugar and the stuff back in your body, you crave it. And it took me a little while to kick the cravings. And now that I'm back into carnivore again, I'm good. I don't want it and I want to stick to my diet. But my God, those, the cravings suck. It's really hard to get out of that. And I kind of forgot what that felt like. Because if I just go out on the weekend and go out for dinner or whatever, you just have, you have like normal-ish food. Maybe you get some ice cream, something. It's only a little bit and you're fine. But then for a couple of months doing that, kicking it again, the cravings are so strong. You don't realize how addictive chocolate and chocolate, I should say, sugar, chocolate, like all the, the stuff you love is until you completely cut it out. Yeah. Because there's none of that in carnivore. Oh, 100%, 100% agree. And that's the, the when I'm talking to clients about their eating is like, oh, no, I need to have this many coffees a day or I need, you know, I usually have a dessert every day. Well, well just don't have it. Like, But I really like, I, you know, I get it's those cravings. It's kick it sometimes, yeah. But if you can kick it something for two weeks, like those cravings go away. You yeah, don't understand yeah, that. It's like, do. it's just like, this is how people quit smoking eventually, like is that they crave it and then they don't have it long enough and they stop craving it, you know? it's Well, I think the statistics behind that when people quit smoking, it's six or seven times, I think, like a career smoker, someone who smoked for longer than 10 years or whatever, they uh, quit on average six to seven times before they actually quit the first time. 
And that's a span of like, I think it was one to five years. I can't remember where I read that. but yeah, they're trying because like they keep that. getting drawn back in yeah. by exactly. the addiction. Yeah. And I was exactly the same. The first two weeks trying to get back into carnivore, it was really hard. Yeah. I didn't I didn't remember it being that hard when I first started yeah, carnivore. Yeah. So yeah, I, I understand where it, it just gets some people. Mm. If it's if you're lying in bed at night thinking about the ice cream that you got in the freezer, it's hard. It's right. hard. Well, what do you think about sustainability? I really enjoy red meat and I wasn't sticking to just... Beef, I was having chicken, bacon, eggs, uh, pork, lamb, everything I could just to have that bit of variety. Because I only did the 30 days, I didn't get sick of it. I was adding, by the end, I was adding kupi mayo, sriracha sauce, every herb that I could possibly think of, I was chucking in there. Um, I was drinking a lot of bone broth as well. So you don't really get hungry, but just to fill in the gaps, I just had bone broth. Um, I'd love to say that I could do it forever. Financially, it's a little more costly mm. if you are sourcing it from the right places, which mm. you really should be. And for me, I don't really enjoy chocolate and sweets. I'm more of a fruit and veg kind of guy. So I really miss having broccoli with my protein and things like that. So if I was having a steak, I'd be like, oh, so broccoli would be really good with this. Or I wouldn't mind having some sweet potato or something. or Some uh, fresh fruit. Yeah, strawberries, things like that. And mm. We all know, like, we all love our shakes as well, so we just have, we couldn't have any protein, whereas usually you exercise and you're like, oh, I don't really feel like cooking a steak right now. I wouldn't mind just chucking some veggie or some fruit and protein in a shaker and mm. having that, but... Yeah, exactly yeah. right. I, mean, I think a lot, of, a lot of this, the whole, like, is it a fat diet, is it sustainable, comes down to that. A lot, a lot of different diets, they don't work for everyone and not because it doesn't work for them physiologically. It doesn't work for their lifestyle, so like that intermittent fasting is a good one as well. I tried that for a while and I really enjoyed it because it fit my lifestyle at the time while I was at uni. I was out and about all day long and I didn't have to eat until I got home and it was great. But then my lifestyle changed and so my diet changed as well. I just couldn't do it uh, with the, the next job that I had. And so th- this is exactly the same thing. Like this just fits really well with my lifestyle right now. And a lot of people can't do it not that they physically literally can't do it they just don't like to and if you don't comply to something and you only do it 50% of the time it's not going to be effective so you've got to find something that you enjoy doing to make it sustainable it's not just as simple as saying here do this people don't people just don't want it sometimes you know so I think that's a big part of what makes a fad diet a fad diet a lot of people make things a fad diet when they could could potentially like get stuck in and make it last a little longer but like we talked about, those cravings and, and just the, the variety, variety of having a few different foods and just things that you enjoy in your life. Like, I am a big advocate of the cheat meal because yeah, I, like, yeah, I like to have my cake and eat it too. And I'm not joking about the cake. Once a week, oh, this used to be my go-to cheat meal. There's a great place that used to be around the corner when I lived south of the river. I'd get one big family-sized pizza and a dessert pizza and I would eat the whole damn thing. It was about 3,000 calories. i eat the whole damn thing on a, a Friday or Saturday night. And I absolutely love it. And I felt sick and I felt awful and I had a headache the next morning, but it satisfied, satisfied the cravings and then I was strict carnival for the rest of the week for every damn meal. And by the end of the week, I'd be like, man, I could go for a pizza. And it's just, it's perfect because you get to have your cake and eat it too. That cheat meal is very important. You could do it carnival and I could do it and I did it a couple of times, but I just like pizza, you know? Yeah. You don't want to give it up. I understand. That's a huge thing as well, is a lot of people start these thinking it's all or nothing. Like, you don't actually have to just cut things off and go straight into a diet. You can slowly work your way into that diet. So when you get to it, you've kind of come across some of the hurdles already. Um, intermittent fasting is a big one. A lot of people mm. 
will change their life around their timetable so that they're at home or they're somewhere close to food when they need to eat. But it's, all you really need to do is either take the food with you or just start fasting a little bit earlier the day before or know that you're not going to eat for a long period afterwards. Yeah. You don't have to change your life to suit a fat diet or something that you think is being beneficial. You can actually work your way around it yeah, and make it easier for yourself. The diet should fit your life. And I think, Absolutely. And I think a little bit of planning goes a long way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A little bit of planning goes a long way in terms of prepping, prepping my meals, yeah. taking them with me. You know, take them to work. And I, like, I have uh, one of my clients here, a guy who over the last few years, you might not you know looking at him, but no, he's put on a lot of size, right? He's put on a lot of size over the years. He has. And definitely. he eats a heap of food. And he takes all the work and he's constantly like people at work going, oh, you're disgusting because he's just at his desk eating all day. <laughs> hey, that, who cares what they think? Yeah. It's worth it. You're planning ahead. You're getting your gains. You're getting stronger in the gym. Exactly. You know, it's good. Exactly. It's yeah. good. And I'm kidding, guy. You, you're in great shape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's something that's overlooked a lot as well, the planning. There's actually quite a bit of planning and getting started, it takes a little bit of work. There's there's a lot that goes into actually making sure that you've got the right amount of calories, that those can, calories consist of the right amount of nutrients for basically for what you're trying to do. And this is a big one. People go, I got my diet, my plan and everything's set and then... They've got it all set out, but no one sets out like a shopping list and they don't go to the shops and plan for the week and then get home and have that much food in the fridge and, and they don't buy the extra stuff that isn't on their diet plan. Actually organize your week and your diet and everything so that you've just, you've got it there ready to go. Uh, a lot of people try and like take it day by day, but there's not that much planning. There's not that much foresight. And that I think is probably I'd say the key to any good sustainable diet is the planning weeks in advance. So you're not just like, well, I'll just go to the shops today and I'll just get just this dinner and then not have your breakfast and lunch for tomorrow or, you know, like actually thinking about Monday through Wednesday first and then for the rest of the week, what are you going to have to fill in the gaps? And if you get hungry and you you feel like you need to snack, it's a big one. A lot of people need to snack. I just can't say no. At work, they've just got chocolates and I just, bring your own snacks. If yeah. You know, just yeah. plan ahead, yeah. right? Bring your own Stuff snacks. Stuff like that. that. Yeah. For that sure. With that as well. Bring like... some um, pork crackle. <laughs> That's a good one. Beef, Beef jerky. jerky. Oh, Beef jerky. jerky. There's yes. a really good place in Osborne Park. Oh, so good. Yeah, and I find that don't kid yourself. If you're going to go to the shops and prep everything, don't buy two blocks of chocolate because you're going to have them this week and then the other one next week. If there's two blocks of chocolate in the cupboard, I'm going to eat them. <laughs> don't think that... That night when I get home like, from the shops. Oh, I'm doing yeah. so well. My dedication to this is unbelievable. I'm going to have one now and I'll have another one later. Mm-hmm. Trust me, you're going to eat both of them. Self-control yeah. is a muscle and yeah. it does fatigue. <laughs> I don't have any self-control. I don't have any. I plan to not have self-control as well. I know what I'm like. I'm not going to lie to myself or anyone else. If I buy shit, I'm going to eat it. If I buy bad food, I'm going to eat the bad food. And there is nothing that can stop me. It's, um, it's, you've got to be honest with yourself, I think a lot of people don't do. You know, it's okay to not be perfect. It's okay to not have 100% compliance. But you can set up some systems to make sure that you comply to your diet 100%. And it's, it's just that, being honest. Just knowing that you're a greedy, piggy person and that you shouldn't, <laughs> you shouldn't buy the food because you can't control yourself. It's a big deal. Uh, so, basically, before we started... Uh, Megan, who's working out at the gym at the moment, you might have heard some deadlifts smacking around on the ground. Uh, she asked us, did you do any blood tests before and after? And I know Jared didn't. I'm not sure if you've been doing blood tests. Um, but I didn't do blood tests for the carnival because it's only one month. And a lot is happening in one month. You know, you're not actually getting a good full picture of it. Yeah. So I uh, do, however, have a, a period where I went on a ketogenic diet for seven months. All right? So I, when I finished playing rugby, I was you know, 120-ish kilos, and I dropped 30-odd kilos over a seven-month period. I actually dropped 30 kilos in about a five-month period and then another five over the next couple months, right? And I went ketogenic to do that, um, which is just, you know, high fat. 70% of all my calories coming from fat, 
25 to 30% from protein. And I was trying to keep it really strict, less than 20 grams of carbs. And it's almost impossible to eliminate carbs. Like they sneak them into everything, but less than 20 grams per day. Um, so a really strict um, ketogenic diet. And the carnivore diet is you know, pretty much a ketogenic diet as well. Even though you're eating a lot of meat, meat usually is pretty fatty, right? So I guess it depends on what kind of meat. Keep talking, I'm just gonna bring up the chart, <laughs> right. the chart that I'm I explain. I guess it depends on what types of meats and cuts you're having. Um, but you know, if you're having really lean meats and not enough fat, you're actually going through gluconeogenesis where your body is turning um, protein into carbohydrates. So you're not gonna get the same anti-inflammatory benefits that like a ketogenic diet might have um, and some other benefits like that. So. When I did the, the, the ketogenic diet for seven months, I did a blood test when I was fat boy 120. My uh, favorite Yeah, I did, a, I did a, another blood test when I had lost uh, 30 kilos, so about five months in. This was roughly when we met. This is when we met, yeah. yeah. Um, end, of tw- end of 2017-ish. Yeah, yeah. you were eating uh, blocks of cheese with peanut butter on them at a jiu-jitsu competition. Absolutely. That, I remember. Yeah, you and Blake are just sitting there going, what's going on here? I'm going, boy, I'm ketogenic. This is all I need to eat, right? Looking fantastic. Yeah, just looking looking lean. It's the leanest I'd ever been. I had some abs. That, well, not all six, but but they, they was looking all right. Um, and basically, I took a third blood test at the seven-month mark. So at month one or like month zero, five months in after the major weight loss, and then one right at the end after only a couple more kilos weight loss. <laughs> And when I was telling my doctor what I was doing, um, he was like, uh, oh, this is gonna be terrible for you. You're gonna give yourself fatty liver. You're going to um, increase your cholesterol. You're gonna increase your risk of heart attack and heart disease and this and that. And I'm gonna go, no, look, but I'm gonna be losing weight. And, um, and he's like, no, no. And, and here's the thing, guys, as well. It's important to get professional advice. Just remember, your GP is not always an expert in nutrition, right? So if you want nutrition advice, go to a dietitian, go to a nutritionist, someone that's actually studied in nutrition and different sorts of dieting and that's right for you and that understands what blood tests mean because when I went back after five months, my cholesterol was actually pretty terrible, right? Now, it was really high, it had, it had spiked. Good was high, but bad was also really high. Yeah, okay. And he's like, look, I told you, cholesterol's bad. From the research that I had done, it wasn't so much that um, the cholesterol was high, it's because when you are moving um, fat from storage into your liver to process as energy, well, it has to go through your blood. So you have these high levels of lipids in your blood. And it's not necessarily a bad thing, but when you're losing a lot of weight, you yeah. will spike your, your yeah, cholesterol okay. too, because yeah. you have fatty fat in your blood. Um, and so I went back just two months later, and my cholesterol and blood lipids were fantastic. Best they'd been. Yeah, right. And I'd only dropped only a couple kilos, right? So the whole thing was then, I'd stopped losing the bulk of the weight, there was less fat being shuttled from storage into my liver to get used for energy. And so because I was losing less fat, there's less blood lipids and my cholesterol was fantastic. Yep. And he's like, did you come off the diet? I said, no, I'm still in the diet. But exactly what I said was going to happen is that I've used all that stored fat. I've been running at a deficit. So I'm not, I'm not adding fat. I'm eating less calories than what I'm burning. I've dropped now 30, 35 kilos and my so, cholesterol is the best it's been. And I'm eating 70, 75% fat every day i think that goes hand in hand with what we we're talking about before like you shouldn't do it after just one month it takes a little while for these processes to actually emerge and then yeah. solidify and the consistency as well is something that makes a big deal that was after how many months five months seven months seven yeah months? so five so f- zero five and seven yeah with my three blood tests um and, and the reason why i only did a month of the carnivore diet i wasn't doing it for weight loss or for my cholesterol markers or anything like that. It was more to to help dad along with it, to see if it helped him. And then I was looking at, you know, does it increase or decrease inflammation and more recovery aspects, um, which I thought was actually pretty, pretty good. Yeah, that's initially why I tried to do it. I wanted to do it because 
I've had lots of injuries and my body hurts and I wanted to try it for the reason that a lot of other people were trying it for the uh, inflammation purposes and I just fell in love with it and just kept going. So I didn't actually, I wasn't planning to do it for more than three or four months initially and then I just kind of kept doing it. And I didn't get any blood tests to begin with, but when I did go to the doctor to get my blood test, I, um, I told the doctor what I was doing and he looked very shocked and he was like, yeah, we definitely need to get you some blood, like I was dying. And then we got the blood test back. And when he was explaining it all to me, even though everything is within the normal healthy range, some, some of the stuff is like within the upper healthy, you know what I mean? Like everything's fine, right where it should be. He was trying to pick and choose and tell me what was wrong. And confirmation nothing, bias. Nothing wrong, it's confirmation right? bias. He's trying to find wrong. something there exactly. to prove his point. But every single one of my tests, all of the markers were right where they should be. And I'm a, a completely healthy person. So, um... Yeah, that was after a year and almost a half, like a year and a couple months. I got that just before COVID. Yeah, a year and a couple months. So yeah, even after a year, still healthy. So I, I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of hard to tell. I know that these diets don't work for some people. You should definitely get them. I would say like maybe just every two months, maybe every month, something just to keep track just over monitor. time. Yeah. And don't necessarily, I don't know. It's hard to, I wouldn't say this is not advice at all. I think if I was to do it from the beginning, I would have gotten a blood test every month just to see the trend over time. That I think would be interesting to see how it, changes positively yeah. and negatively over time right. as well. Absolutely. Now you've pulled your phone out here. What are we so, looking at? Um, this is, I like to make, it's an app and you can make pie oh, charts. Oh, right? oh, so oh anyway, so this, Adrian uh, and his apps, he's <laughs> now addicted to Canva hey, and he's addicted to pie chart apps. Try, You'll thank me later. Trying to get sponsored by Canva. That's, that's where it's at. <laughs> Shout out to Canva. Uh, so no, this is, this is just a, a pie chart app. Basically what I went and did is I went and found the recommended daily dietary intakes from the World Health Organization. There's like a low end and a high end. So for carbohydrates, they say that you should have uh, 55 to 75%. For the low fat range is 15% and the high is 30%. And then for protein, the low range is 10 and the high range is 15%, right? So it's like within five to 10 inch, but that's a big one. So yeah. carbs, it's 55 to 75. Now if I pull up my diet that I was eating uh, right after I did these ones, uh, my protein is at 24% and my fat is at 74% with 2% carbs and that accounts for like a few, like some of the seasonings and stuff, and like, seasonings that, right? and stuff yeah. like that, right? So, so it's nothing like the World Health Organization's <laughs> uh, recommendations. And the reason why it's 74% fat is because I was having lots of fatty cuts of meat to get the calories in, right? You can't have lots of, like they say with carnivore, Chicken is essentially just wasted calories because yeah. there's not enough fat in it. You but need those calories. If you wrap bacon around it. It's fantastic, right? Yeah. And so, my diet Ooh, is literally seventy-four yeah, percent right. fat and twenty-four percent protein, and that's it. And there's not really any carbs or anything like that. But people are taught that the World Health Organization, by the World Health Organization, that the best, the best amount of knowledge that we have that we release to the general public right now is that, right? And it just confuses the absolute. Yeah. crap out of me well we honor the who is a bit useless um thanks a bit, for thanks. A bit, yeah but in lack of, and, and, in lack of good information that's probably the best that you're going to do right you could say that you could give this percentage-based diet to anyone and they won't die right what those calories are made up of is obviously important but these are just the strict percentages of roughly what you what you can yeah. have and i think that do this and you won't die isn't health and people shouldn't take their like nutritional guidance from that no. you should really try to go to a dietitian yeah. go to exactly. a nutritionist tell them what your goal is because again if if we have two different goals or three different goals but we want to be similar weights it's still probably be a bit different that they were programmed for us right yeah, so, so so tell them your goal your, and then plan your percentages you were saying before for your, your keto when i was keto it was 75 ish percent fats 25 percent protein and less than 20 so it'd be less than one percent of, of carbs 
Yeah, yeah, pretty similar. So very similar. And just the different types of foods. So you're having just meat and animal, animal products. On ketogenic, I was having stuff like avocado, coconut oil, stuff mm. like that. Mm. Um, that wasn't an animal product, peanut but still butter. very high in fat. Yep. Yeah. Lots of peanut butter. Lots of peanut butter and uh, cheeses and whatnot. It will cheese animal products. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Good. That's yeah. True. yeah. 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 Delicious. Yeah. Awesome. Um, well, is there anything else anyone wants to say about carnivore before we move on to J Rad being a sweet PT? Um, not really. No. I, would, I, I basically just wanted to reiterate one more time yeah. that we're not condoning the carnivore diet. I think it's or great pushing it. yeah. do for you myself, but do your own research. If you're going to try it, do some blood tests before and then during as well and just make sure that it's a healthy choice for you. Don't just dive in and do some reading. A lot of people, a lot of my own friends have done this and it, I, it, I did a lot of reading as much as anecdotal information that I could online because people on the internet say some crazy stuff, right? But you get a lot of good information anecdotally. And they, they have started coming out with some studies now, so you can look at it right, yeah, slowly. Yeah. But just reading as much as I could and getting as much information as I could and examples and templates and help just before diving into it. Don't ask me what I do. What I do is different to what you do or what you do and it changes for every single person. Do it for yourself, figure out how to do it for yourself and then get started. Yeah. Well said. Well said. Um, moving on is that Jared over here has embarked on a new journey in his life. Now, I'm just going to throw a little bit of backstory. Yeah. Is that I first met Jared in the 20... No, it was the start of 2018. No, 2017. It was 2017. Yeah. It was the start of 2017. Yes. Yes, the start of 2017 um, at the Jiu-Jitsu Club. Absolutely. At AMA, at the Academy of Mixed Martial Arts there in Balcata. Two Balcata. gorillas, really? What's that? Two gorillas. Two gorillas, that's it. That's and uh, so we first met just rolling around, getting a bit of man grappling action on the old mats there. We got close real quick. Yeah, no, yeah. it was good. It was good. We're both, you know, big, bigger guys, so we had um, some good some good combative moments. And uh, I said, mate, really... you've got to start coming train um, at the gym. I just opened the gym up. I was in the process of opening the gym up, yeah. wasn't I? When I was first there, I was like looking at buildings was, and this and that. I think, yeah, we met at the start of the year and then August it was supposed to open. And then it opened December. Opening. Yeah. And then um, I, I had a few of the guys from Jiu-Jitsu come down, do some strongman stuff, and Jared's the one that stuck with it. I and so on. Um, and then we, we've been, <laughs> we were training partners for ages and uh and and it's been really cool because i've gone from uh seeing jared just you know doing jujitsu being into that then getting a bit of interest peaked in lifting weights and getting stronger and he ain't got some reasonable numbers under him now this is cool and uh and now he's actually gone and enrolled himself in his um first cert three and cert four qualifications course so how's that going for you so far so good um everything we spoke about then with like the government standards of serving sizes and uh all that nutritional stuff I've learnt and you pretty much just blow that out the window. But like you say, it's that's the standard that someone's not gonna die. The they might not strive, they probably get healthier because they're cutting out all that other rubbish. But it's not something that I would recommend to someone. I would say go find someone that actually knows what they're talking about. Um it's good to be learning the reason why I do things. So I went from playing things like football and cricket my whole life just got sick of getting injured doing that so I decided to take on combat sport I'd done some karate and boxing when I was younger and that wasn't really what I wanted to do and then I was watching UFC like a lot of other people do and I was like what's this crazy submission game on the ground so I rocked up there and between that and just doing things like bro lifting at the gym at a franchise gym where I was doing average technique and very minimal weights I met you and then you somehow got me down here and I just never left I 
really took on the strongman aspect to get better at jujitsu, and I found that it really crossed over really well. And then the way both of you guys explain why you're doing things and how we're doing things clicks, and it makes me better at training. And then I was like, well, why don't I go and learn all the basics? So then I enrolled in the uh, Cert 3 and 4, and I was like, well, I actually enjoy helping other people. So now I was like, oh, I'll set up some, th- like some things, and I'll see who's actually interested. And you don't really notice the motivation and inspiration that you show to people in your circle. So you have friends that have never lifted weights before or never actually done a workout with someone telling them what to do. They've only done group sports or things like that. And they start to achieve things and you're like, well, I'm helping them. They like they get something out of it. You get something out of it. Why can't I do this with people I've never met before? Why can't I just be like, oh, some random person off the street. Like, I know what's going to help you improve. So, yeah, for now, at the moment, it's interesting. It's all somewhat new to me. Um, there is a level of things that I've done, like here, you major three lifts, you never really go through that in your certs. But here, you learn all that sort but of stuff. That's it. So we're, we're going to take Jared even more under our wing. And in 10 years' time, when he's finishing up his PhD, <laughs> yeah, you'll be paying big money to get advice from him. But no, it's good. And, and you never get older that as well, the, the helping thing. like um, I still get it. Like When you first hit 200 deads and then 220 deads, you know, you got four yeah. reds each side or five blues each side. Like It's a good feeling to see someone lift some heavyweights. You yeah. know? And then to see you squash people at jiu-jitsu that say, no, it's all technique only. It's like, no, it's strength and technique. Yeah. I can't and, believe and strength I'm is a skill. I can't believe I'm going to say this, but strength is absolute. Strength is <laughs> absolute. If you have the same technique as someone else that you're you're rolling with, and you're just stronger, you win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. a lot of people like to. We have a lot of uh, training partners that are smaller than us, and we do get told, "Oh, you're just really strong," or "You can you can hit that certain thing because you're strong." And it's like, well, realistically, if we're the same level and I'm just stronger, that's not my fault. Yeah, I'm yeah. the one that's putting in the effort. Yeah. And we say it all the time, like, you want to get stronger, you just need to go down the road. Like, go down the road. Will, the Strength Institute is there. You. They're ready. They're we ready to take you. you on. Yeah, and yeah. it goes, it, it is like that at the upper level. Of, I think that's a lot of what people don't see when they see someone like, they, you watch the Olympic Games, for example, right? All of those athletes are on very long running, very structured strength and conditioning programs that go hand in hand with their skills training for the skill that they're doing. Yep. They don't just get out of bed and they're not just that strong and that incredible all the time. There's a lot of work and a lot of it is strength and conditioning that goes yep. into a lot of the skills that make people impressive athletes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I think this was a pretty good podcast. There, We covered a lot of the old uh, carnivore diet. Everything, I did. And um, I'm really excited to see how your journey keeps progressing with your PT certs and uh, yeah. where you decide to go to from there. Exciting times, really. Awesome. Well, uh, guys, thanks for watching. If you haven't done so already, please like and subscribe. You could be a 100th subscriber. We're up We're to so 95, close. guys. We're, so We're up to 95. If you remember, how long ago was it? Was it the first big flex that we did? We were talking about where we were and where we wanted to be. Yeah. How many subscribers did we have? 40, 43 or 44. So we've already doubled. We're at 95. How's this, guys? If you're the 100th subscriber and you live locally, Adrian will give you a free PT session. All right? I'll book you in. You call me up. This until right now, but sure, let's do it. I'm making it happen, guys. If you're the 100th subscriber, all right? Leave a comment as you hit subscribe. I'm the 100th subscriber. I'll double check it to make sure. And if so, you live locally. Yeah, I'll pay you. I pay you regardless. (laughs) Come on in. We put you with Adrian. We're going to give you a a trial PT session. And um, if you don't like it, you've got to wrestle Jared. And um, and then uh, that's that. All right. Happy days. We'll do do the same challenge as well. Once we get monetized, the person that gets us over that limit, we've only got what? Another 905 to go. 900 if you're the 905th. 
If you're the 1,000th uh, subscriber as well, then you get, I don't know, we should give them something more, right? Yeah, we'll figure it out when we we'll get there. I feel out. like it's not an immediate thing to worry about. I might about. unsubscribe and wait till then. And then no, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, guys. Uh, tune in again, and uh, we'll see you soon. Cheers. Bye, everybody.